Welcome, DC fans, to a brand new episode of the DC Comics News Podcast. This is episode number 146. I am your host, Josh Rayner, editor-in-chief of DC Comics News, but I am not alone. No, no, no. I'm here with two amazing co-hosts, uh, Brad Felicki. Uh, how you doing, man? Hey, happy new year, everybody. Uh, I'm doing okay. Hope you guys are all doing well. Yeah, it's great to hear. Uh, as well as Seth Singleton. How you doing, Seth? I'm I'm suddenly thinking of Amazing Man. Just Amazing Man. Just like that. I'm doing great, man. With that kind of like vibe, like how can I not be like in a really good mood? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm feeling good. That's good. It's great to hear. I'm glad you're both doing fantastic. We've got a lot of good news to, to cover today. But before we get into any news, uh, I want to remind everybody that we uh, are doing our voting right now for the DC Comics News Awards. So be sure to head over to our Twitter page at DC Comics News. It is our pinned post. You can click on the link right there. Submit your votes for, uh, you know, we got like best ongoing series and best writing and all kinds of great stuff. Uh, So get your votes in. Uh, Voting will end on the 22nd of this month. So get them in while you can. All right. So... Let's get into some movie news. All right, first up, we got a new trailer for The Batman. Uh, this one being called The Bat and the Cat trailer. Uh, we had a lot of good stuff between Batman and Catwoman in this. Really gave me a uh, comic book relationship vibe. So I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on this. Brad, we'll start with you. Uh, you know, when I first saw this trailer, I I still wanted to see more of the Riddler. Uh, but then I've had a chance since then to see it on the big screen uh, a few times. They have been playing it before a lot of movies recently. And I do get a good uh, Riddler vibe. Uh, it, it's very creepy. Uh, Catwoman looks great. And it looks like, you know, Catwoman and Batwoman are going to have some really uh cool chemistry so yeah i mean everything that i see about the batman's making me more excited and i i kind of am enjoying the fact that it seems like public opinion on pattinson is kind of turned around and that's kind of cool to see as well so yeah i can't uh, can't wait until i was at march 4th when this comes out what about yeah. you Seth? yeah man i <laughs> I was really kind of getting a kick out of this. Uh, I, I love the the little bit of a comedic feel to it, just a tiny touch of of kind of chuckle with the feeling of a politician saying, so like, hey, Mr. Wayne, you've got all this money. Why? Uh, why are you contributing more? Why don't <laughs> and you've got these great inner splicings, you know, of, of him just being, you know, the Batman we know and love. So it was really fun to have that juxtaposition and, and enjoy that little moment. And then from that, also the uh, the Bat and the Cat scenes were, I, I think, delightful. I enjoyed, you know, the the article that linked to describing, you know, a question of whether or not this is a, a friendly relationship or not. And the thing that I always got a kick out of with Catwoman was she would enjoy the moment, but at any given time, if suddenly you cross, you know, what she feels is the right and wrong, she had no problem flashing her claws. And and I, I like that 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 sort of chemistry between them, because 
just as equally, you know, Batman's so quick to be about the law and about doing the right thing and, you know, maybe not hesitating about bringing. So, so I love that there's going to be that tension and we get hints of it. And overall, a great trailer. Josh, what do you think? Yeah, uh, I agree. I, I every time they drop something new from this from this movie, all the different trailers and TV spots that they've done, I've kind of grown to fall more in love with what I, I'm seeing. Uh, I w- when they first kind of described what they were going to do with the Riddler, I was a little unsure. And then they, you know, we got to see like the first glimpses of it. And I was like, OK, they're kind of going like a Zodiac vibe. And now I'm like fully like, yes, give me this Riddler. Uh, and I've loved what I've seen from uh, Zoe Kravitz as, as Selena Kyle and their relationship together. It just screams the comics to me. And it's so I'm I'm super pumped. Uh, this movie comes out in less than two months, and it's my most anticipated uh, of the year so far. So I'm I'm really really excited for this one. All right, but we've got some more news in the world of the Batman. We got some high res stills from the film. A uh, series of these. We got one here. We got uh, uh, Batman and Catwoman. We got uh, Gordon and Batman in uh, what looks like a morgue. We got a, a full body shot of the Riddler. It looks really awesome. Uh, we got uh, a shot of the Riddler. Uh, he's got the duct tape. We got this this one I really love. This one of the Penguin. He's in a chair. He's got his purple uh, suit on. He's got the wingtip shoes. He looks awesome. Uh, and there's a whole bunch of other ones. We even get some behind-the-scenes ones with uh, with Matt Reeves. I want to get your guys' thoughts on some of these stills. Brad, what did you think of these? You know, my, my favorite were of the Riddler and of the Penguin. Uh, Because we get, the the other ones to me seemed similar to stuff that we've seen in the trailer. And it's cool to get them in high res so that you can focus on details. But getting those full character shots, I think was really cool and really necessary. And I'm really uh, loving how different Colin Farrell looks. Uh, What they've done with the makeup and what we've seen of actually the character in the trailer is it's just amazing. I think that that performance is another one that's going to uh, blow people away, even if he's not in it for very long, because it doesn't. I, I have a feeling that we're not going to get to see a whole lot of Penguin uh, in the movie, but uh, but we'll see. What about you, Seth? Ooh, Brad, now you're going to make me pay attention to that detail or not. Now I'm going to be, you know, curious. Um I think what I like the most about the stills are a couple of things. You know, one, I think you got you pointed out a, a nice thing, Brad, with the idea of getting to see that full shot of Riddler. Um, there's something about taking it all in simply because it, it feels like this is a very methodical mind. So everything about this outfit is designed to tell you something, but it requires you to unlock a riddle in order to do it. Everything from the design near the uh the left hand side just underneath like the left shoulder um the style of the mask and and some really interesting details there so i love that some people are going to be really picking this apart and that's going to be fun um i enjoy the morgue scene just because it's got that that grim reminder you know that this (laughs) this could be seen as you know fun and playful until somebody loses an eye or in this case ends up in a morgue and then I like the uh, the idea of seeing Penguin in his trappings and, and sort of understanding what he, you know, values and accumulates. And then there's something about the two images side by side of Pattinson 
followed by the upside down shot of Batman walking towards what, if I believe is correct, the uh, turned over car of the penguin in a uh, really fun still from the movie. So all of those things, like they they set up some nice moments and they they remind me of stuff that we've already seen. And then just just for good stuff, I like that at that last still, you know, you you feel like you're getting an opportunity to just peek behind the uh, the camera, right? Just get that moment behind the scenes. So lovely little setup. I feel like good teasing as we get even closer to uh, release date. Josh, what'd you think? Yeah, I agree. I think the the two shot, the two like publicity looking shots of uh, Riddler and Penguin, I think are, are the most standout ones because we're finally getting like just full shots of these characters. And we've seen kind of darker glimpses within the trailer or like portions of, of these characters. But to see this full shot of the Riddler in this in this big baggy coat with the mask and everything he just screams zodiac to me which i love so much having this serial killer version of the riddler i really i really love that as 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 an idea um but then getting to see the penguin you know not just as this guy who's just kind of like running his mouth off or flipping in a car but like he looks regal you know and that's what i wanted to see from him because this is a guy who's got power in gotham and a lot of times we we meet this character and things and he's kind of a joke and so i'm hoping that he is that kind of powerful uh kind of presence in in gotham so i and this this picture really kind of did that for me so i'm really excited to see what they do with it all right so the last uh story for the batman uh we have an official date for the hbo max release so the theater release will be on uh, March 4th, but HBO Max is going to stick to the 45-day uh, exclusive theatrical window, meaning that The Batman will hit HBO Max on April 19th of 2022. Uh, Brad, what do you think about them sticking to this uh, 45-day window? You know, I think that it's, uh, at this point, I think it's pretty smart. Uh, I think it was a very risky choice for them to release everything right to HBO Max uh, last year, even though it was in a way it was necessary because nobody knew what was happening with COVID. And we still don't, thanks to Omicron. But maybe this is a healthy medium between releasing it right away or releasing it months down the road. It seems like 45 days is... Just in that window where it's long, but not too long for people who do want to wait. Um, and I, and I, I'm curious if they're going to do that with all the Warner Brothers movies this year. So I'm kind of curious to see what we're going to hear about that, you know, in the weeks ahead. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if they did. Yeah, I mean, 45 days to me, that doesn't seem like I don't know about you guys, but to me, that doesn't seem like it's all that long. I mean, I mean of course, it's I'm like six weeks. It's, it's really not yeah, that long. That's that's. That's, um, you know, I remember growing up and thinking, oh, how soon is this going to come out on video? And it would be, it would you know, be like a year. Months. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think 45 days is uh, is a good, healthy middle ground. What about you, Seth? Definitely. I mean, I, I feel it's even, you know, shorter than middle ground. <laughs> like, as you guys pointed out, it, it, it could often be a long time from when a movie appears in theaters and leaves theaters and then finally becomes available you know, back when there was not streaming in order to get a copy of your own. 
So I feel like this is a much shorter time. Um, and I think it makes all the sense in the world for uh, the reasons you brought up, Brett, you know, the idea that theaters, if they're going to be a key moneymaker for uh, movie companies, that they're, they're going to have to continue to play a role. And, you know, we did what worked best during uh, the Omicron or before the Omicron. But now that we've got this possibility coming up, it's like, OK, well, a lot of people that choose don't, you know, penalize them for not going to the theaters offer them the chance to enjoy it streaming 45 days later. And actually, Brett, do you remember, or Josh, you might, because, you know, you're the one cultivating so many of our stories for us. It, I feel like there was already a Warner Brothers story back in the summer that covered this, where they described how they would be moving to the 45-day format for all of their future releases, that they would do theater followed by the 45-day, and then um, that was something that they were establishing for at least the time being does that sound i remember i remember like i don't know if it had been set or if it was like something that they were considering i don't remember what exactly it was back at the time but i do remember something about that yeah okay yeah i thought that there was something that they were committing to as being their new you know strategy that they felt this would be the best way to navigate what they figured was the uncertainty and given that we have the current, you know, surge, like it, it makes sense that that's something that they can still rely on. So I'm looking forward to seeing how it ends up paying off. And for me, I mean, I'll probably be home. We had a, a recent COVID scare and I'm pretty sure that's going to discourage my wife from wanting to go to the theaters anytime soon. So <laughs> luckily it all panned out and it was negative. But just for that moment, it was just like, oh, man, OK, so what's this worth for stuff you want to do? And uh, for us, we, we can hang out for 45 days and it'll be really cool. And the best part is I usually get the glowing, you know, non-spoiler sort of heads up from uh, some great people over at DC and comic or DC Comics News who let me know like, hey, hey, this was this was good. <laughs> look forward to a good time and that's really all i'm gonna need between now and then and, and you know what i really don't even need that i know it's gonna be that good trust me previews these guys i feel confident josh what about you man yeah i wasn't i wasn't super surprised by this because like you had mentioned like i remember them talking about the possibility of doing the, a 45 day uh window i know a lot of theaters weren't super happy about it um because it cuts into their to, to their money but i mean honestly most movies are gonna make the 90 percent of their box office in the first six weeks anyways so uh, it's really i don't think it's gonna cost them much of anything uh, but it, like you said it gives people who aren't quite yet willing especially yeah with the with the rise of, uh, of the omicron who people who aren't quite willing to go out to the theaters right now they only got to wait six weeks so, you know, people who want to go to the theaters, they can still do it. And the people who are want to wait, it's only six weeks. It's not it's not a terrible, terrible wait uh, for that. So uh, either way, I'm excited. I don't know if I'll see it in the theaters yet or not. We'll see uh, how it goes over the next two months. But uh, no matter what, I am super excited to see this movie. All right. So we're going to go from the Batman into some Wonder Woman news. We've got a couple of stories here. Uh, we have... Uh, a little bit of an update about Wonder Woman 3 from Gal Gadot. She recently did an interview with In Style, uh, and she said, uh, had a little brief update saying, we're developing the script right now. 
will probably start in a year and a half or so. So this means that, according to this, filming will probably take place mid-2023. And most likely we will not see this movie until probably the back half of 2024. I would say probably like the fourth quarter. So, Brad, what are your thoughts on them not starting filming for another year and a half and possibly not seeing this movie for two, two and a half years? Uh, I'm a bit torn um, because uh, I am anxious to see it. But part of me is okay to wait a little bit because, uh, you know, I, I, you know, and I, and I don't want to sound like I'm talking bad about the second one because I really did like it, but I thought that the first one was better and the reaction to the second one was very polarizing. So uh, I kind of want them to take time to reassess because like, I, you know, I, I always think that one thing that's really good about the Wonder Woman movies is both Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot really have an understanding of what the character is. And <clears throat> Uh, it, it's it'll be kind of cool to see them reassess and um, take that into consideration uh, as they continue on. But um, I, I I think that I'm willing to wait for a for a really good movie. And another thing is that there's so much that can happen with DC movies in that time. So you know that's that's an interesting prospect too because. For all we know, Warner Brothers is going to have a change of heart and uh, bring back the Snyderverse in some form, which we'll kind of be talking about in a little bit. But, um, yeah, I, I think I'm willing to wait. And uh, I really want Patty Jenkins to figure out the whole Star Wars thing, because, you know, I'd heard that they had shelved it. And now in this article, it says that it's just been postponed indefinitely. So. Uh, just there's there's a lot of moving parts, so that's just kind of the way Hollywood works. What about you, Seth? Yeah, I mean a couple of things. I'm I'm also torn because I I understand you know the issues that were raised by uh, the second movie, but I also felt it set up a really cool follow up. Like there was going to be a third movie that was going to come back and in in the classic words check some moments from uh, the second movie and, and a lot of, you know, how Diana acted. I, I really feel that there was an intention behind that, but the time between is going to be even longer. And so there's a part of me that's like, man, I want to see how that is brought to life. And I want to see if the characters that are alluded to are uh, part of the story that I think could really make this a lot of fun and also provide it provide us with some really interesting challenges for Diane, those kind that you think to yourself, like, man, how do you get through this? And she always finds a way. So I'm, I'm really caught between that and the fact that I, I feel like I'd already heard that uh, Gal had been, uh, you know, announced plans that she would be playing a villain and a very prominent one in an upcoming movie. So I knew that that was going to be uh, something that would get in the way of a, uh, third Wonder Woman movie. And I also feel like there had been another announcement. I don't know what it was. So there was a part of me that was already prepared for this. But you know, Brad, as you were talking about how the second movie was so polarizing, it reminded me of something that happened in it that I thought to myself, no, no, this is totally intentional. Um, I'm getting swarmed by dogs, too. So, hey, guys, uh, <laughs> um, I, I feel like 
when we get there, it's going to be worth it. And in the meantime, you know, I'm, I'm still looking forward to the things that I'm hoping for. Josh, how about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I agree that uh, I think Wonder Woman 84, even though I enjoyed it, was not as good as, as the first one. Um, but to, to have to wait like over four years for it, I don't know, man. Maybe they're hoping to like wash away some of the dislike. You know what I mean? So like by the time it gets here, people people will, won't be all hating on it. Who knows? Like <laughs> I could see nostalgia, them nostalgia, right? Yeah, if we give it you know, we'll look fondly on. <laughs> you know, and there's a possibility too that if the script really picks up speed and people really like it, uh, you know, from everyone from the Warner Brothers execs to the cast and crew that they can say, okay, this is a good enough idea. We got to fast track this, especially if her star Wars project gets completely shelved. So yeah, Yeah, I mean, I would still say there might be a possibility fast track. They fast track this like to green light right away. Yeah. Right away. Yeah. And so that's why it's one of the more surprising things is that it's like, they were like right on the button to say, okay, let's get a third one going. And then they're like, eh, it's not going to film for, you know, until 2023. When that movie came out, what, 20, what was it, 20, was it last year? When did that come out? Uh, Christmas Day. 2020? 2020, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, like, yeah. it's been over a year, and then we're not going to get filming for another year and a half. Like, I don't know why they jumped to, to like, greenlight it and announce it so quick then, if they weren't even going to be getting into production for a long time. I don't know what the... I have an answer to that, but it's in one of our upcoming stories. Fair. All right. Uh, And I'm assuming it's this next story uh, because it's another Wonder Woman story here. (laughs) So recently, uh, to celebrate 2021, Gal Gadot took to Instagram and posted a reel celebrating everything that happened in her life throughout the year. It was filled with a bunch of real quick little clips of things throughout the entire year. And uh, a couple of uh, really quick shots came through that if you, uh, you know, I'm going to quote the the article, uh, they're blink and you'll miss it moments. And they absolutely were because um, if they hadn't put the stills, I never would have caught these. Uh, so there are two shots. One from July. Uh, it's Gail in uh, a makeup chair. There's a couple of people around her. And one of them has a yellow and red lanyard. And it has been confirmed that this lanyard is the same lanyard that is being worn by crew members on the Flash movie. And then there's another image where she's in the hair chair. uh, And you can see right underneath the hand of one of the stylists, she is wearing uh, her Wonder Woman tiara. uh, And so what does this mean? You know, if in July and August she was doing stuff – Uh, At least in August, doing something where she's being dressed as Wonder Woman and in July has somebody there from from the Flash crew. Does that mean we're going to see Wonder Woman in the Flash? Brad, what do you think? Uh, I hope so. Uh, Are we going to get the classic Flashpoint at Amazon's versus Atlantean War? Oh, I doubt it. (laughs) That would be pretty cool. It would Um, be awesome. Oh, man, I... Not to not to talk about our uh, our friendly competitors over at Marvel, but um, man, there were moments in No Way Home where the whole audience was clapping, and I haven't had that 
experience in a movie in a long time. And I yeah. want the flash to have those moments. Oh, absolutely. And man, uh, it's, it's, it's looking like it could have those moments. And I bet that would definitely be one of them. I hope it's, I hope it's not just like some small cameo. I hope that she does have um, not necessarily a big part, but an important part to play. And uh, yeah, I, I just, I want those moments for, for the flash movie and having wonder woman in it would definitely be one of those moments. So I'm all for it. I hope it happens. And uh, to me, as far as, you know, you know, uh, Josh, you were saying movies that you were excited for and that Batman was number one. And I would say the same thing for me is that Batman is definitely the number one uh, DC movie. But The Flash is really up there and it might yeah. overtake Batman at some point if we keep learning stuff like this. So, yeah, yeah. I, I'm super excited about the prospects. What about you, Seth? Okay, so one, The Flash is my most anticipated movie this year. Like, that's my movie. That's the one that I feel is going to completely open all of the doors that DC really needs through Warner Brothers and gives Warner Brothers and DC the freedom. That's my belief, like, right there. I'm, I'm happy to state it. Um, it's not going to be perfect because nothing is perfect, but I think it's going to do an amazing job of getting us on the right track. I think this Wonder Woman still... and. Can I just say, God bless, God bless the attentive person, God bless the attentive nerd, God bless the attentive fan, whatever you want to classify, however you claim. God, you know what I mean? Like, hey, man, you you took the time to find these stills, which Brad pointed out, I never would have seen. Josh, yeah, blink and you miss them. I never would have seen these. Like, yeah. no, it's just, I'm sorry. I, I I simply do not process time in the same way where it's like, yeah, this has my full attention. Now I'm going to watch it in slow-mo. I, I look saw for the <laughs> images before I watched the video. So like I even knew what I was looking for. And I still oh, didn't. I, I still like I didn't see the August one. I didn't even bother. And Someone barely saw the July one. I was like, holy geez. <laughs> Somebody must have been going literally going through and stopping picture by picture to see if there was anything there worth talking about. <laughs> So this also, I believe, though, um, gives me an opportunity to point out that I think that this could be one of the reasons why they're comfortable waiting on Wonder Woman third movie as long as they are. If they do enough with Wonder Woman in the Flash movie, then that will sate the appetite. And I think it could really set it up correctly by showing us a future possibility that could play out in Wonder Woman 3, setting up that idea of like, you know, almost like we got to have with Future State. And and nothing was guaranteed that future state is what's going to happen. But the closer events from future state came into the present, it was like, how's this all? Is this we're going to see this all happen now and live? And I feel like the Flash movie can set that up with multiple versions of Wonder Woman facing multiple challenges. And one of those can allude to the events that transpired after 1984. It would take a 30 second description in dialogue of her saying, well, after that, I discovered the following. And then this is where I am now. You know what? I, it, there you go. Done deal. You've established what happened after 84, why it is that there are these complications now that you're seeing in the flash movie. And then you get to show other versions. And I'm going to say, give us a glimpse of flashpoint, even, even a tired battled, you know, enraged Wonder Woman from Flashpoint is enough for me. You don't have to have the full battle scene with Aquaman. You don't have to any of that. But if you do, 
Well, why not let these tease into the upcoming Wonder Woman movie and a little bit into the upcoming Aquaman movie, and then let's let's really have some fun there. But uh, I love what these suggest. To me, they suggest that Wonder Woman's going to have a, a really great role. I also think that in the Flash movie, they could do so much fun stuff like maybe bring a very popular TV version of Flash from the 90s who's been making some recent appearances in other shows as maybe a Jay Garrick <clears throat> on the big screen and maybe even just give us those hints of all the craziest stuff from Johnny Quick and, uh, you know, who knows what else. But but all of those fun possibilities that a multiverse gives us. Max Mercury, all of my, you know, favorite, like, chuckle happy-go-lucky, maybe some glimpses of CW stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it can open the doors to all of that. And this hints at it. Plus, we have more Flash to talk about. So I'm just going to calm down for a second, Josh. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I, I love the the idea of adding Wonder Woman to this. Even if it's, you know, not a ton. You know, I'm sure, th- there's going to be a lot going on in this movie in the first place. And I don't want it to feel overstuffed. But if they can pull it off the way that, you know, Marvel pulled off No Way Home and make it actually all feel natural and, and fit, then I, this is going to be, in a, you know, this could pull numbers just like just like Spider-Man has, you know, get into that over a billion dollar type of type of range. Uh, so I'm really excited for it. And I really want to see at least a glimpse of the of the war from Flashpoint. I, I, I would love to see that. You know, and because Flashpoint is one of my favorite uh, recent uh, story arcs. And so uh, I want every time that we get to see a a little piece of of Flashpoint, uh, I want that. You know, we obviously weren't able to get anything like that in the TV show because nothing like that was set up. And so we're finally getting something like that in the movies. So hopefully we can get uh, something out of it. So. But that's not the end of the Flash talk. We have uh, some more stuff going on there. Uh, recently, Ben Affleck, you know him as Batman. He is awesome as Batman, by the way. For anybody out there who says otherwise, I don't want to hear it. Uh, <laughs> he uh, recently was talking with the Herald Sun about his uh, new movie, The Tender Bar, and they brought up some stuff about the Flash. And he gave this quote. He said, uh, I've never said this. This is hot off the presses. But maybe my favorite scenes in terms of Batman and the interpretation of Batman that I have done were in the Flash movie. I hope they maintain the integrity of what we did because I thought it was great and really interesting, different, but not in a way that is incongruent with the character. Who knows? Maybe they will decide it doesn't work. But when I went and did it, it was really fun and really, really satisfying and encouraging. And I thought, wow, I think I finally figured it out. And then he went on to say, it's a really nice finish on my experience with the character. So I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on uh, on these quotes. You know, he sounds real excited about it, like, he, you know, how he did when he first put on the suit back in the day. But then, you know, he says, you know, it, this is him finishing out the character, which bums me out. So, Brad, I wanted to get your thoughts on everything and, and, and what uh, what you took from it all. Uh, this is another one that um, I'm torn about. Uh, I I like that he had a good time with it and he's really pleased with how it all wrapped up. And, you know, having uh, having a good experience 
translates on film, you can tell. And that's going to bring me to another kind of parallel story that ran with this one where Ben Affleck was saying how his experience making the Justice League was absolutely horrible. Yeah. And it's just it's just such a bummer for me personally on a lot of levels, because I was a huge Josh Whedon fan and just he seemed like such a nightmare on this movie. And that just really bumps me out. And I, like you, Josh, liked him as Batman. I wanted to see more of him as Batman. And I I, I really wanted to see a Ben Affleck directed Batman movie because I've I've liked uh, all of his movies. Yeah, the the idea of him doing it with with Deathstroke and Joe Manganiello's Deathstroke, because that was his plan. I wanted that so bad. And his aesthetic as a filmmaker would fit right in yeah with the batman movie and it's just it's just a shame that that won't materialize uh at this point because uh you know never say never but uh i think that that is really a a wrap on ben affleck as as batman now granted after he played daredevil he said the same thing he said i'll never play a superhero ever again just saying yeah, you know, you never say never. Um, never say never, and that's just what—that's my little bit of hope that I'll hold on to with this because, yeah. like I mentioned earlier, I'm still hoping for uh, the Snyderverse to come back in some form. Um, even though it kind of is because you know Gal Gadot's still playing Wonder Woman, and uh, you know. But anyway, what about you, Seth? I'm glad he got an opportunity to close out. Uh, on a really positive note and kind of have that aha experience. <laughs> I think that's really a, a great way to, you know, walk away from a character, knowing that you've discovered something new and what you feel will be your last appearance. I I get all of the frustration with the fact that, you know, Justice League was a terrible experience for him. And then there was a window where if that had actually been a really positive and successful film, if it had been the Snyder Cut movie, he probably could have done the Batman movie that he was planning on with uh, with Joe Manganiello, as you guys were describing. But I do feel that there were a series of factors once Justice League went bad. Um, I don't know what that experience, but if he said it was a nightmare, then I totally understand that within a year or two, he's suddenly having sobriety issues. He's really struggling, and then he gets back into rehab. He kind of finds his, you know, center or foundation or, you know, goes through the process he needs to to come back out and say, I can do this one more time. I can do the reshoots for Snyder Cut. I can put on the costume again for The Flash, and I can walk away positive. But I feel like that that window of opportunity was – Right after Justice League came out, if it had been the Snyder Cut version and then his movie, then we could have really enjoyed what I think would have been a a great Ben Affleck Batman. But because that window was missed, uh, as much as I would love him to come back, this is a very different time from when he played Daredevil. That was 2002? One? Two? Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, so, you know, 20 years later, uh, he's not nearly as young. The older you get, the harder it is to try and be in that degree of shape. And 
you know, he is in movie. far better shape now than he oh definitely like yeah you know he's, he's cleaned up his act but that's still, just like, because of batman really he got into like yeah. crazy shape for batman oh yeah no his fitness was ridiculous i mean the training stuff they showed yeah. in batman superman and then you know even later on but i i think that there's like a time factor where he's just like look I could have like sustained a certain amount of like the strain of being in that condition and filming and doing and directing and doing all that. But now, hey, man, that 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 was then. This is now. And I know he's got a lot of great projects coming. So I'm glad he had this last moment to to, I think, really show us some some cool stuff come the Flash movie, which I know we're going to be talking about in a minute. But Josh, final thoughts as well, too, man. Yeah, I'm torn about it because like. I want him back so bad, but I'm also, I'm happy that he's happy with the final portion of his run as Batman. Like he was so just miserable at the end with justice league. And you could, obviously we, you know, everybody could tell that, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, him, his sobriety and him, him having to go into, into rehab and everything and his relationship ended. Uh, and so like, that experience it kind of broke him and so it's nice to hear that he was able to find a good space with this character to end it on and you know i don't want it to to be ruined you know if he were to push forward uh, with more but it still makes me sad and uh you know you talk about you know a, a timeline Hugh Jackman said the same thing you know it's harder and harder as he continued on doing those Wolverine movies to stay in that kind of shape it's increasingly more difficult so yeah I I could see him just not wanting to have to be in that kind of shape uh, because the normal movie you don't have to be in that kind of shape uh, right (laughs) but to be Batman (laughs) yeah especially the Batman that he was doing you know what I mean there's a very that's probably the buffest batman that we've ever seen on screen you know he was a freaking <laughs> brick house is ridiculous <laughs> um but uh, i will be sad but i'm super excited to see uh, if he's if he says that the stuff that he's that he did in this was is great i'm excited to see it uh i'm just glad he's getting one more shot to uh to kind of kind of do it the way he wants to end it all right so we got one more story about the flash uh there's a rumor that this uh flash movie will make some major changes to the DCEU, uh, which, I mean, if it is going to take any sort of uh, ties from Flashpoint, that makes sense because, I mean, Flashpoint really changed everything. So uh, there was a leaker on Twitter who uh, put out this, uh, this rumor from sources that he supposedly has saying that the movie will end with The Flash, Supergirl, and Shazam forming a, a new Justice League. Uh, there's also, there was also a story out there um, that uh, Batgirl uh, will eventually take over the Batman role, uh, kind of being trained and pushed forward by Keaton, uh, his Batman, because he's going to be in the Batgirl movie. So, Brad, I want to get your thoughts on this possibility, your thoughts on them essentially swapping out Batman and Superman for Batgirl and Supergirl uh, and having uh, Shazam actually be part of the Justice League if that's how they go about it. Yeah, I I think it sounds interesting. You know, uh, we don't exactly know what's going to happen in the Flash movie. So um, I, I, I'm open to it. But 
My main reaction to this story has more to do with the real world and how annoying toxic fans can be. Because this, in our nerd world, this broke the internet with people complaining, oh, DC so woke, blah, blah, blah. Oh, just shut up. Um, because this, not only is it cool possibilities for other movies down the line, but it's not necessarily something that is, it's not even confirmed for one thing. And it's not something that has to, to stay in place. You know, I mean, it, there's, there's lots of moving parts. There's characters to bring in and move around. And you're in the time of the multiverses now where anything is possible. So don't use this as an excuse just to, uh, you know, throw your your political nonsense around the Internet. Uh, just wait for the movie. Uh, and, and it's funny in the story because the Shazam director and writer said, well, this is news to me. I hadn't heard anything about this. So I don't even know how how much how seriously i take these tweets i I definitely take them with a grain of salt but man the toxic fans were out in force and that was driving me crazy what about you seth (laughs) um (laughs) brad there was a moment where i was chuckling muted when you said oh just shut up (laughs) i just just laughed at myself i thought it was hilarious um hey i'm just gonna sum all this up again with uh one word uh multiverse Mm -hmm. brad said it just a minute ago and this is why i was so excited earlier when i was saying the flash is really gonna blow the doors open the thing that anybody in toxic fandom is not understanding right now is the whole point of this movie if you're paying attention to what i think these details really mean is multiverse all stories work all versions exist all possibilities are available nothing is closed your version exists as yeah yeah. white bread as you want it to be as <laughs> you know mom's apple pie and you know stars and stripes forever however much you need that there's a version of that and you know make enough noise and you'll get that version of it but all of it exists so these other changes make all the sense in the world i think they perfectly set the stage for a great world's finest um i i think that also the idea of hinting at you know, Shazam without doing a whole lot more than a lightning bolt or maybe a, a Mary Marvel appearance. Oh, however you want to do it, like figure it out in your head that that there is nothing about this that's wrong. And all of it points to the best possibilities, every possibility, all of them. Like if you're so closed minded, you can't see that, then please don't ever bother looking at something that's wider than your eyes are set in your head because you'll never get it. Like, it just won't happen for you. If you see a big art painting and it's a mural, just walk away. You're already done. You've already lost. But if you can widen your scope just enough, guess what? There's all of this happening and you get to enjoy it. And you don't even have to complain because you don't have to pay attention to what you don't like. Because guess what? It's not there for you anyways. Like, (laughs) it's not there for you to complain, man. It's there for others to enjoy. There's something over here for you. That's the blessing of the multiverse. This is how DC 
wins. Now, I haven't even seen No Way Home, and you don't have to spoil for any. Like, I'm fine. I'll be good for a while until I get the chance to see it. But I know DC's multiverse, and I know that if you're doing the Flash right, this is how they win, hands down. From this point on, all possibilities are real. All movies are valid. Everything works. Like, I, it's a win-win. So I'm going to finish by... <laughs> laughing again and saying josh what do you think (laughs) (laughs) i do like the idea of having you know because they're obviously bringing supergirl into the flash batgirl's getting her own movie i like the idea of bringing them in as the new group obviously we just talked about batman i'm bummed that he's not going to be doing his thing i feel like i'm more bummed that we're not going to get cavill back because he wants to do it he wants to be superman But they just they because he was the beginning of the Snyderverse, I think WB is just like, no, we don't want like we don't want even want anything like that to be part of it. And so that really bums me out. I would have loved to have seen him and Supergirl together having a conversation. That would have been really cool. Um, I wish he could get like how Affleck is getting his send off. I wish Cavill could get his. Maybe they're hiding that from us. Who knows? I'm not going to get my hopes up, though, for that. But uh, Once again, I say never say never. Yeah. Uh, But I just don't want to get my hopes up too much because then I'll be so disappointed. (laughs) But one of the things that makes me interested in – so, like, we got a Batman versus Superman movie. Will we get a Batgirl versus Supergirl? Or maybe instead of a versus, we'll get a Batgirl and Supergirl, like you were talking about, a world's finest type of a thing. I think that could be fun. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm excited for the for the future, no matter what uh, happens. So, and speaking of Batgirl, we have one final story in our movie news. Uh, it looks like Glasgow, Scotland, is slowly being converted into Gotham City for use in Batgirl. Uh, there were some uh, behind the scenes type shots, some uh, set pics of different uh, various sets throughout Gotham being set up. For filming in Glasgow, it looks like the filming is going to be uh, taking place over the next two weeks. So, uh, what do you guys think of, of all this going on? Are you excited to see more movement on on Batgirl, Brad? Yeah, I am. Uh, I, I'm really liking how quickly this is all coming together. Uh, you know, I, when we first talked about this, I said, "Well, you know, I'm I'm not getting my hopes up because you know it could be something that gets." axed like young guys but this is just this is really coming along nicely and I, I i do find it kind of interesting we're talking about multiverses and universes that the batman and the flash also used uh glasgow as gotham city so it's kind of cool that they're keeping that similar look in all three of these movies even though they might not be in the same particular universe um, but I, I just like that the look is going to be to be similar. So, yeah, I, I I'm really looking forward to uh, to seeing more uh, Batgirl. And I'm really enjoying the fact that it seems like every week that we do this podcast, we have a new Batgirl story. Uh, and that's kind of fun as well. What about you, Seth? Yeah, I think it's great news. Um, <laughs> I love the fact that it's it's slowly becoming like Gotham, you know. Hey, you were Glasgow. You are now Gotham. There will be sequels. You will become Gotham again. Like, just get used to it, guys. This is how <laughs> this is how it's going to be. Um, 
I also think that it's really great news that we're, as you point out, Brad, like we're getting, you know, positive news that there's uh, constant activity. Hopefully there's going to be a steady stream of updates coming our way. And I also kind of love this feeling of they're filming it now, but at some point we're going to be watching the Flash movie in so many months and thinking about what they're filming. And I always get a delight of that because right now we don't even know what the events of Flash are setting up for what this Batgirl story could be telling. And in the meantime, they already are. They're they're plotting, they're preparing, they're filming. And, and for me, that's just sort of a fun little idea to always keep in my head, you know? <laughs> so with that, I'm just delighted. And uh, I'm looking forward to hearing and seeing more updates like this because clearly they're, uh, they're not hesitating. And Brad, as you pointed out, you know, this is one of those ones that no one was really sure is it is it will it and it looks like it is i mean i feel more inspired and uh, encouraged with uh, these photos and looking forward to more josh how about you yeah i'm just glad to see this thing moving along because the background movie has been in production for so long like from back with like joss whedon even even a little bit before him uh and so, like, I've been following this movie's story for a very, very long time. So I'm just glad to actually see some good movement. It's actually happening. You know, stuff is being filmed. I'm just, I'm really excited to see the world kind of growing. Yeah, see, that's that's funny because to me, I, you know, I, it, it seems so long ago to me that they, that Josh Whedon was attached to it that I kind of, I didn't forget it, but I kind of put it like, well, it doesn't matter. So to me, it seems like this production happened really quick because it's like yeah. they announced it and then boom, you know, we're getting all this casting news. So that's that's funny that I, I, I kind of see it a little different. It's funny because Christina Hodson, who's writing the script, was attached when Joss Whedon was attached. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know, yeah. so like it's been in the works for a long time and like going it went through a few different director changes and things like that. And so but uh, nothing was really it was just script. That was really it. There was no actual other production happening until just recently. And so that's why I think it feels like it's been going quick, because once they actually started like casting and actually moving along, it, it just it was like a bullet train. They, they were really moving with it. So I'm glad that they found the people they wanted and were finally able to move forward with this thing at a, at a quick pace. Uh, all right. So now we're going to take a quick break. Had a lot of news there. But uh, we want to give you guys a chance to breathe, and then you can listen to some of the ads for our other shows right here at DC Comics News. So uh, stick with us, and we'll be right back. This is Seth Singleton from DC Comics News, here to tell you about the Spinner Rack. Each and every week, DC Comics publishes so many great books, it can be hard to decide where to invest your time and money. And that's where the Spinner Rack comes in. The Spinner Rack is my honest attempt to rate, review, score the top five books from DC Comics each and every week. How can you listen? It's easy. All you have to do is go to your favorite platform, subscribe to DC Comics News Podcasts, and wait for the new episode to load up. Join me each and every week as I sift through the best from DC Comics and pick my top five books. Can't wait to share them with you and to hear your scores when you share them with us right here on the DC Comics News Podcast. 
Hello, listeners. This is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. First, there was the DC Comics News podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I am the Knight. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones. I am the Knight. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Mad Bug. A Harley Quinn cast. Three, two, one. Harley Quinn? Harley f***ing Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making bat shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh look, Gogurt. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and bat them, nuts. I definitely do not f*** bat. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't f*** with Lois Lane. For f***'s sake. I'm a damn good cop. A lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast. <laughs> Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. Fuckers. Picture this, someone who knows nothing about comics. Someone who knows comics from movies, TV, and video games. A complete ultra-comics nerd. You pick the character you want us to talk about. You send us the questions you want answered. You make the show. A podcast by fans. For fans. Making new fans. Superheroes. Or dummies. Part of the Comics in Motion Podcast Network. All right, welcome back to episode 146 of the DC Comics News Podcast. I am your host, Josh Rayner, and uh, we are going to get into some TV and streaming news. Our first one up is uh, is a big one. Uh, so Viacom, CBS, and Warner Media are looking to sell the CW. This has been confirmed by uh, CW CEO Mark Pedowitz. So, this has a lot of implications. You know, there's a whole lot of CW, DC shows, uh, you know, the whole Arrowverse and everything. Um, and even some new shows like Naomi dropping on there. So, Brad, what are your thoughts? What do you think this means for the future of the Arrowverse? I wonder if they will just move everything over to HBO Max for these shows. I guess it depends on who the buyer is because it seems like there would be a lot of legal loopholes and hoops to jump through 
to sell CW but still have the DC shows on there. That would definitely be uh, a tricky thing to work out. But but then again, it's probably something that would make it worth buying because I, I unless it's Riverdale, I think all the real successful shows on CW were uh, at this point are the DC shows. So yeah. um, that's that's something else to consider too. And apparently, according to to uh, you know the the news uh, to the trades, CW hasn't been profitable since 2006. Yeah, yeah which that, blew my mind because like yeah. that's like that's like that's the I think that was the year or like just I think I don't know if it was that year or the year before that like Supernatural started. Uh, mm. Smallville was in the middle of it, and like it hadn't been profitable for the last 15 years. I don't understand how they then launched this entire superhero uh, universe and kept like renewing show after show after show. And like CW was kind of known for pretty much like not canceling things for the most part, but they were losing money. I, I just I don't understand, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, Supernatural was a phenomenon. Yeah, I can't I can't understand how that was not making money. Yeah, that's yeah. that's that's crazy. I mean, I guess. You know these shows aren't the cheapest to make. They're pretty big productions. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, yeah. I just that's one of the reasons uh, CBS dumped Supergirl over to CW because it was cost it cost too much. Yeah, yeah. I just hope it doesn't cost us the shows. Yeah, especially since Naomi is just starting, and that's definitely one of my number one shows that I'm looking forward to this year. Yeah. So I really want to see that succeed. So I hope that that doesn't stop that from happening. So I guess we'll, I guess we'll see. What about you, Seth? Yeah, this one makes me wonder a little bit with the whole fact that it sounds like even if there's a deal, there would still be, you know, the uh, minority ownership of <laughs> Viacom and Warner. I, I sort of chuckle when I'm looking at this going, okay, so what's really happening here? Because the the other side of it could just as easily be they they let it get shopped around a little bit and then they do exactly what you just said you know uh, i think both of you might have hinted at it the idea of just turning around and absorbing it into hbo max and saying well look we can afford to absorb it look at the value we would have gotten if we sold it if we bring that in house expands our viewership on hbo max and then you know go from there so i feel like there's there's a reason behind doing this beyond just, you know, hey, we're, we're thinking about selling it. I feel like they're going to put it out there. They're going to see what the offers are like. And then depending on that, they might make some surprising choices. But I am also surprised, as you, you guys were describing, that, that somehow CW hasn't been making money. I don't – something's not adding up there. Like, I don't know who's doing the numbers or – or what it is, because also, as you pointed out, Josh, they they kept renewing shows like you don't do that when you're not making money. It's just one of those things about money. Um, yeah. yep. <laughs> if you don't make enough to pay for what you did, you can't turn around and do it again because you're still paying for the like it doesn't work. So I feel like there's more about this. that's going to be revealed, you know, over uh, over a period of time as we get closer whatever it could be a final deal 
But I also feel that this could go a few other ways still. And I'm looking forward to seeing how that shapes out. Because right now, this this story raises so many more questions than it even attempts to answer. Uh, Josh, what do you think, man? Yeah, I mean, I've seen so many shows get canceled after just the first season because they cost too much. You know, it, it, it's not like it's something that doesn't happen. So I, I agree. I feel like there's more to this story. I don't 100% believe that they weren't profitable for the last 15 years. There's no way. That channel would not have survived. You know what I mean? There is no, in my opinion, there's no possible way they would have kept that channel alive for 15 years, starting all this stuff, keep continuing to renew show after show after show. Right. right. And just, then eh, we, it's just been a wash for the last 15. No, there's no way. I don't buy it for a second. There's got to yeah. be a difference between making a profit and being profitable. So yeah. it might be making a little money, but just not as much as they had wanted it to or not not as much as... yeah maybe it, it was like you know like batman versus superman it made a profit but a lot of people don't consider it profitable it didn't it wasn't a big giant yeah. hit so maybe yeah. it's something like that where they're just kind of keeping themselves afloat year after year you know uh, allowing them to add things here and there but not really making gangbusters or anything i don't know but uh yeah it, it's a bummer because i worry that if HBO Max absorbs everything that's DC related. For they're they're probably going to cancel most of it. I just don't see them because uh, the streaming services don't run the way cable channels run. You know, like cable channels, you've got the seven day week where you have a nightly show, boom, boom, boom. Right now, they don't do that on streaming. You typically get one show at a time. You know, you know, look at look at Disney Plus. You get a Marvel show. It runs its course. Then you get a, a Star Wars show or whatever. But they're not like running three Marvel shows at the same time. So I have a feeling we're first, we're gonna lose some of these shows. Second, we're not gonna get the same amount of episodes. They're gonna be these like ten episode seasons as opposed and then some people are will love that. Personally. I love a good 22 episode season. You give me more flash, I'll I'll eat it all up. But I just I worry that we're gonna lose a lot of these these shows uh, because they're just not gonna have the room for them. They're gonna be like, well, these ones, you know, we think could could draw, and these ones probably not, and they're just gonna ditch half of them. I don't know. So that that's my biggest worry uh, when it comes to that. So, and then. All the other shows that I, I – there's a lot of other shows on CW that I enjoy. So I, I worry about where those will end up. If those – whoever buys this, what will happen to it? I don't know because uh, the channel changed a lot when it was between – because when it it was uh, UPN and WB and they merged, the channel changed a lot. You know, A lot of stuff was gone. A lot of good stuff came in, but it changed. So who knows? I don't know. Uh, hopefully it will it'll work out, but – Speaking of streaming series, we have a new one coming out this week called Peacemaker. If you guys watch The Suicide Squad, you know exactly who I'm talking about. And they released a new Red Band trailer uh, recently. This is, I think it was uh, the beginning. It was like right at the end of 
end of December. Uh, we were on break at the time, but I uh, wanted to get your thoughts on this new Red Band trailer for uh, for Peacemaker. Brad, what'd you think? <laughs> I think it's kind of funny, uh, the idea of Peacemaker giving a speech to a classroom full of kids. That <laughs> seems pretty funny. <laughs> you know, I'm, I, I am looking forward to this. Uh, it definitely feels, and the Red Band trailer here gives me more of that James Gunn feel, which I loved. I loved Suicide Squad. That was oh, absolutely maybe my number one movie of last year. Uh, if not, it was definitely in the top three. But nice. um, you know, it's I, definitely I, in my top ten. Yeah. It's definitely up in there. I saw a lot of movies last year. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I I'm so glad that we only have a few more days to wait. Um, yes. I'm looking forward to this. It's I, I John Cena seems to have so much fun playing the role. And yeah, loves uh, this. Yeah, and Danielle Brooks always gives a good performance. So yeah, I'm 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 psyched for this. Uh, what about you, Seth? Definitely, the trailer was hilarious. I also love that it gave some hints about some things that um, <laughs> that I'm looking forward to when the series actually, you know, is something we can start watching. Uh, whether it is a uh, member of the team who continues to shoot the body after he has shot the body, which was just uh, a lovely little comedic trope. And then I, I really felt that there was a great hint in the previous trailer with uh, Peacemaker and his dad. And I feel in this one, that's going to be expounded upon because it looks like dad maybe is going to be working with a group that's going to put father and son at odds. And I think that's just going to make for some great stuff because it seems like Peacemaker's that guy who's used to getting in everybody's head because he had a dad who always got in his head. And that's going to get, <laughs> I think, really fun if these two end up going at odds the way I think they will. Um, I mean, we got a little bit more eagerly, and who doesn't love a little bit more eagerly, especially yes. with the fact that um, they, there's just the way he harasses <laughs> <laughs> characters that, that just made for a lot of delight. Like, stay out of there. What's going on with your bird? Um <laughs> Also, I also like I really feel that there will be a lot of quotations saying, are you saying there's a wrong time to rock? Because um, that was a lovely line. And I feel it's going to be one of many others. And those were just some of the highlights that I picked out that I thought to myself, like, OK, this is what I love is when a trailer shows me more. And because, of, oh, and God, the torture scene. Something about that and what we're going to learn yeah. a little bit more about Peacemaker and Vigilante and their relationship and and what it means to, like, give a, you know, I don't know, uh, a rat's tail about <laughs> another person and how they're feeling. So uh, <laughs> with that, Josh, what do you think? I love a good Red Band trailer. I'm a big fan of, <laughs> of Red Band trailers for the most part. Uh, <laughs> and this series seems to fit that style you know like to, to give us that type of a trailer fits the best for for the first series like this but something that you guys did not neither of you mentioned that stuck out to me was when he's in the classroom he mentions wonder woman which i thought was really interesting oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was hilarious and i love the the moment but <laughs> i just love that they're they're tying that in more like we're they're they're James Gunn is, is trying not to make this feel like an isolated thing. You know, he wants us to understand it and, and realize it's still part of that bigger world. 
out there, that bigger DC world that includes people like Wonder Woman. And I'm telling you right now, I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. That guy in the green suit better be Kite Man. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I'll be so mad if he's not Kite Man. He's getting his, he's getting his butt kicked. You know, six ways to Tuesday. I really hope that's who it is. We'll see. Uh, the show actually is dropping three episodes this Thursday on the 13th. So uh, block out some time, guys, because uh, it's going to be a ride. It's going to be <laughs> an interesting ride. All right. We got one more story in TV and streaming. The upcoming animated series Batman Caped Crusader has added comics author Ed Brubaker to the creative team. Uh, looks like he is going uh, to be heading the writer's room uh, as the head writer uh, for the series. He'll also be acting as uh, Bruce Tim's right hand, and he'll be an executive producer on the series. Uh, the series will be uh, have a 10-episode uh, first season, which I'm really looking forward to. Brad, what are your thoughts on Ed Brubaker joining the uh, the writing crew for this for the show? This might be my favorite story of the week. Um, uh, the, the team behind this already was incredible. Bruce Tim, J.J. Abrams, Matt Reeves. Yeah. Oh, man. And then you add Ed Brubaker. Oh, I, I, I love his writing. And unless there's something that had slipped under my radar, uh, he's focused so much on these crime books now. He hasn't written um, a whole lot of superhero stuff recently. So, and that's some of my favorite writing of his is his superhero stuff. So I, I love that he's coming back to that. So, yeah, uh, I am super excited for this. Um, yeah, man, I I really can't wait to see to see these ten episodes. What about you, Seth? This announcement was huge to me. Um, <laughs> those those recent crime ones he's been doing have been a lot of fun. And I feel like the, the guy just continues to take comics and just push them and just keep pushing them. Um, I also love that he said, oh, yeah, by the way, I got into superheroes because of the animated series. That That's what attracted me to the idea of doing superhero comics. Like that was my, you know catalyst and i love that that is what's bringing him back around now and i also love this idea he expresses of how do you take something original and beloved and then do something new and unexpected and then also something that we feel people are going to absolutely love for all those reasons like the guy continues to do the unexpected for me and every time i'm like ah yes you're a good man you're a good person well done well well done. So taking that and, as you said, Brad, already an established cast that we were already excited about and then saying, yeah, so we brought him in and now we're doing even, well, just more cool stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm juiced. I'm, I'm actually like thinking to myself, like, OK, so who else? No, 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 no. Come on. Who else? Come on. There's going to be more. I know. Okay, that's it. Okay, I'm still giggling. So just tell me when it's ready. Okay, 
All right. Like, you know, when someone's baking your favorite dessert, you sort of just kind of like giggle off and like, yeah, I'm going to have something good. That's when I got that. <laughs> I'm going to eat the whole thing. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> you know me. OK, like, you know me. This is my. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how I'm feeling about this. Josh, you. Yeah. I mean, Ed Brubaker is a legend. And so like bringing him to head the writer's room, I think, is a fantastic get for this show and and like brad you already said you know it's it's got a a stacked you know a, a crew already you know with bruce tim and matt reeves and and uh and everybody else so i'm and jj abrams so i i think this is a great get um i think it's going to lead to some amazing stories i i'm already bummed that it's only 10 episodes but i'm gonna devour all 10 of those as soon as i can uh and i'm looking uh real forward to uh to this series so uh now we're gonna get into some comic book news we have a few stories here our first one up dc has revealed uh, their first look at an upcoming young adult graphic novel called mr miracle the great escape is gonna follow uh scott free uh in his foolproof plan to escape from apocalypse and it will uh land in stores on january 25th you can pre-order it now it's got a very different look for Mr. Miracle on the cover here. So, guys, I wanted to get your uh, thoughts on this, uh, whether or not you're excited for this book, and your thoughts on the cover. Brad, we'll start with you. I am excited for this book. I've I've enjoyed these uh, YA DC books that they've been putting out. Uh, and, I, yeah, I'm looking forward to this one, too. And i got to say, from a flicky fashions perspective, I dig the jacket <laughs> that he's wearing. That is a cool take on on yeah. mr miracle costume i like the little detail like you can see the green lantern symbol and the blue beetle scarab kind of thing on his jacket looks like a, a mother box there too those little like i guess they're pins or yeah. patches patches but, I think, I think, maybe both yeah maybe both uh there's like a green lantern one there yeah i'm not sure what the c one is maybe so cyborg like yeah 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 um and i really like the color palette uh, there's something about the bluish or the greenish blue cover and the red is kind of subtle. It's not too bright. It's just, yeah. so I'm really, uh, I'm really liking the colors on this is what sticks out to me in these pages that they show here. So yeah, I am excited for this book. What about you, Seth? Definitely excited for this book. I also spot a, it could be an Aquaman. Yeah, the little the green Aquaman and white one. Symbol done, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. It's also, also a little Martian tape. Manhunter X. Yes. And what looks down like in a, the bottom a blue, corner. blue beetle mm-hmm. patch. Yeah, I definitely pick up a scarab patch there up to the top of the shoulder. Um, there's, yeah, the mother box one I'm picking up. Now, the one in the far right corner, I can't get it to blow up enough for me to see, but yeah. There's some fun stuff in there. Um, the art, as you flip through, um, it, it really captures what I feel is going to be a fun take on uh, Mr. Miracle. You know, that that moment of seeing him, you know, looking down this chamber, diving in. Um, I also love the take on, I think that's Barda. Looks like it could be Barda. We'll find out if it's Barda. Um, <laughs> I also love there's that one shot. It's like the fifth image they show. And it's him leaping across a distance, and you can see the discs on his feet. And yeah. I, 
you know, I, I love those moments. Brad, definitely great call in the Felicky fashions for the jacket. And I also love that this story is going to touch on something that I feel like we got a chance to, you know, glimpse a little bit from uh, maybe it was Young Justice, I noticed it, but also in some more recent stories that that whole PTSD feeling. Well, yeah, sorry, the Tom King, Mr. Miracle one definitely addressed it. This this concept of like, yeah, you're going to experience some feelings of PTSD when you're in an environment where you're constantly being hunted and beaten and, you know, trapped and forced to try and escape and captured and always feeling. I mean, it's going to be addressing some really interesting issues, and I think it's going to, you know, bring them to light through a character, which it's been done before. But I think there's always these great, fresh ways of approaching it. So I'm excited to see how they're going to do that. And I love that they have beautiful art to go with it. And Brad, like you said, like it's like DC can't go wrong with anthologies and they can't go wrong with YA. I, I don't know, you know, <laughs> what else they're going to be doing. that's going to be like pure gold. But these are definitely routes where it's like, oh, they're doing one. Yeah, it's just going to be good. Yeah, I don't care. Don't even care who it is. It's just going to be good. Josh, what do you think? Yeah, their YA stuff has been some of the best stuff that they've done over the last few years. It's crazy. I never would have thought that. Um, and I do believe you are right. I'm pretty sure it is uh, Big Barda in those images because, uh, I mean, not only does she she looks like that's who it, it should be, but in the in the synopsis, it actually names her as uh, she's the one person tasked with ensuring that he never escapes and that he fall, you know, he falls in love with her. So we're still going to get that that same type of storyline, you know, that we've that we've gotten for you know years throughout the comics with the two of them, which I'm I'm interested to see. But in this, he's a, apparently a student at the Goodness Academy on, on Apocalypse. So it'll be interesting. Sounds like a nightmare. Yeah. Right. So, uh, yeah, I, I I agree. I think the art, the subtlety of the colors in the in the artwork here is fantastic you know it doesn't need to be crazy bright to still draw you in that subtlety is what's really uh, the subtlety with a lot of these panels being a lot of white on the outside edges and things uh, i think really helps to make everything pop uh, on its own so uh, i'm actually really excited for it i like i said i've enjoyed a lot of the uh, the ya stuff that i've read over the last few years so i hope they they keep it coming because they've been pumping out some great great stuff uh over the last uh, like two years or so two three years that they've been doing these all right our next story uh we've got an inside look at monkey prince number one uh you know monkey prince was uh recently brought in uh with the i think it was for festival of heroes i think is what the anthology was called uh, it was a celebration of Asian superheroes, uh, which I believe was – I think it was this past year that they did that uh, anthology, which was really cool. Um, we're getting this new series kicking off February 1st, uh, but we got our first look here, and I wanted to get your guys' thoughts uh, on this. We got some you know, some cover images and a few pages from inside the book. One specifically I want to ask you guys about, and it's this shot with Batman. Uh, it looks like he might be, uh, I don't know if it's his dad or, or what, about to beat up his dad and, and the kid's mom is about to hit Batman with a lamp. And it seems like this could be a, a catalyst for maybe the monkey prince thinking the Batman is an enemy. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to, how it's all going to go, but I want to get your guys thoughts on that. Brad, we'll start with you. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at that picture right now, and uh, yeah, that that look on his face—he's dropping his teddy bear. Yeah, that's you talking about post-traumatic stress. I think he's going to have it, so I wouldn't be surprised if yeah. there's definitely some conflict with uh, with Batman in this series. And the art, man, these covers are yeah. are so cool. Um, you know, just when I wanted to have a New Year's resolution, where you know. You don't have to get every single comic that DC publishes, but I think I'm gonna be I'm gonna be hooked on this one too. I know, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's got and it's got a great um, uh, crew behind it. You know, it's got uh, it's uh, Gene Luen Yang writing. It's got Bernard Chang on the like uh, pencils and inks. It's got Sebastian Chang as the colorist. So like. Yeah. Uh, that's those are some great names right there and yeah. just looking at the images that they've shown you can tell this is going to be uh, a great book to at least at least look at and yeah. i i have no doubt it'll be a great book to to read as well yeah yeah what about you Seth? oh this is going to be so good this is just going to be so good uh i remember picking up the uh the uh, Festival of Heroes celebration and seeing the monkey prints in there and just getting a huge kick out of like, wow, okay, this is a really fun approach. Like up until this point, they've just been showcasing known DC heroes and the monkey prints was a wonderful addition to to that collection. And then I saw that, you know, he's going to be appearing in his own title. And like you said, Jinyu Luen Yang, um, I mean, just knocking out of the park with batman superman superman uh crushes the clan like smashes the clan like this guy's really been writing some fun stories and i like the idea of this uh this story of the monkey prince i also liked what they set up in the anthology you know the idea that it's this power that the boy's learning to you know kind of understand the role the history the the legacy and, and then also how it gets really interesting as you guys pointed out with Batman and and what I think is going to be a really interesting set of circumstances that leads him to think one thing, and that's going to paint superheroes in the eyes of the Monkey Prince is uh, a very specific thing, different from how we would have perceived them without this moment. So, yeah, I think it's going to make for some really great stuff. And Brad, as you said, like yeah, you can you can hope the New Year is going to be different, but with some things, man, just give in, just go yeah. with it, man. Feels good. All right, Josh. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the fact because because uh, his name is is Marcus Son, the Monkey Prince. His real name is Marcus Son. Apparently, he's raised by two henchmen of Doctor Savannah, so like he's already gonna have that like penchant for the you know the evil side. You know, he's probably gonna have a skewed vision of superheroes because of his parents, and so I am really interested to see how that will put him in conflict. You know, whether or not he will continue that thought, continue that kind of kind of feeling towards superheroes or if something will happen that will change his mind. I don't know. Will, will he be a superhero? I don't know. We'll see how, how it actually goes in his own uh, series. I'm actually really interested in, in this some amazingly beautiful art. So if anything, I'll have something nice to look at no matter what. All right, so we have one final story uh, today, and this is about uh, the upcoming uh, Valentine's anthology that they do. They do one every year. They've been doing this for a bit. Um, It's getting a title change, 
Originally, it was going to be titled Weird Love Tales. Now it's being changed to Strange Love Adventures. Uh, seems like they're you know taking a bit of homage to the old uh, Strange Adventures uh, sci-fi anthologies from like the 50s, 60s, 70s. Don't get this confused with the current Strange Adventures comics. It's very different compared to what the, the Strange Adventures one was uh, back in, in, in the day. So, uh, Brad, I want to get your thoughts. What do you what do you think about this name change, and uh, them kind of kind of homaging those old sci-fi anthologies? Yeah, I like the name change. I think it sounds a little better. Um, and judging by what we're getting, these are going to be a little bit strange. I love the idea of having a Sergeant Rock love story uh, and romance on Dinosaur Island is yes. the title of it. So that should be interesting um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of good there's a lot of interesting so we've got a harley quinn one uh flash and gorilla Gro- uh, grod we've got a peacemaker one which is good because you know we're, we're getting the show coming out soon we got blue beetle shazam and superman and alfred pennyworth one which i thought was interesting because it's written by devin grayson i thought that was kind of funny yeah uh, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah sergeant rock and then a batman one of course so uh, yeah a lot of a lot of interesting stuff going on here and judging by that little bit of art uh, I, I love any book with ambush bug in it, so yes. I was sold with that. So uh, I'm on board. What about you, Seth? Yeah, ambush bug is pretty much a guarantee. You you put him in there, you put him on the cover, and I'm happy. Like his recent Suicide Squad, baby chuckles so hard, so hard. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you you've kind of got me won over. Plus, I feel like him on a date with Harley would just be a perfect story in the book and a perfect episode on the you know the harley quinn show so i'm just gonna toss that out there Can yes. we get some crossover and yes, bring in some ambush bugs yeah like please <laughs> like I, I really feel like you know he could be her mr mixoplick you know what i mean like he could definitely yeah i mean there, there's some fun to be had there um and then the rest of it yeah as you mentioned with that and you know that list of stories the uh, the flashing grad one just sounds like so perfect given their dynamic and their history. That's a brilliant one. Um, the peacemaker and love of country. Yeah, or, love of yeah. country. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Pennyworth one I think is going to be really interesting with the one of uh, service and come on now. Who here with me when they saw the Shazam and Superman one didn't hear you two screaming in the name <laughs> of love? No, no, no. All right. I'm all alone. I dig all it, right. man. I yeah, dig I was going to I'll listen to that so, as I read it. Sure. Yeah, I was ready to go full Bono, but unfortunately that would be painful for anybody listening to this. And you guys have headphones on, like that's just cruel, so we're not going to do that. But yeah, I, I really feel like this is just another great anthology example of like, yeah, DC does it good. It's going to be good. Get it. Be thankful. Josh, last thing to add. Yeah, I like I like the, the name change mainly because this could open up a, like, a, like a series of anthologies you have strange love adventures you could have strange horror adventures strange christmas adventures you know you could just you could do a lot of different things with this as an anthology series if they want to and i think that they honestly should because some of their anthologies are some of the best things that they've done you know like they the anthologies tend to be like top notch uh that the, the ones that they put out over the last few years so uh, I I really kind of hope that this becomes like an ongoing sort of anthology series. 
and uh yeah the the one like variant cover that they show uh with with ambush bug i love that you, you know, get the the classic amanda connor's harley quinn you haven't seen that in a while so it's nice to to see that again so yeah i i'm super excited for this um i'll, I'll definitely be be reading this i i tend to to read the the anthologies because uh, it's it's just like it's like a single book that I can just sit down and read and not have to worry about anything. And if I don't feel like reading all the stories, I don't have to. So uh, I'm I'm pretty excited for it. But uh, yeah, I think that wraps any uh, everything up. Uh, Want to get your guys if you have any final thoughts on any of the stories that uh, that we talked about today. Now is your chance, Brad. Any final thoughts? Oh man, I'm just really happy that Ed Brubaker is coming on to the. Uh to the cape crusader and i hope you don't have to wait too long for the wonder woman movie yeah uh and um i hope that the flash movie blows our mind all right seth man the flash movie is going to be so good so unbelievably good and the closer we get the the more that feeling is going to grow and in the meantime we have great stuff to love up like peacemaker this week batman uh march 4th for those who are going to see it 45 days later for people like me um i'm not worried at all and to echo something brad loves to say it's a great time such a great time to be a dc comics fan yeah brad that one's to you buddy like i'm (laughs) I'm, I'm giving credit to the source okay josh final thoughts from you my friend yeah i echo uh, everything you guys said you know batman peacemaker wonder woman the, all this stuff is there's just so much so much coming and uh it you know as brad likes to always say it is a great time to be a dc fan it seems like it has always been even though a lot of people kind of bash stuff and, and look at the you know get pessimistic and look at the bad side there is so much to love and to enjoy that's out there now and that is coming so find something that you love people and 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 enjoy it because that's all you can do in life is just enjoy the little things so do it while you can uh this has been dc comics news uh brad where can people find you well you can find me writing news and reviews at dccomicsnews.com you can also find me on the Mad Love uh, podcast, part of the D's Comics News podcast network, and you can follow me on Twitter at FlickyB1. And Seth? Oh, man, you can find me right here with this amazing group every week, DC Comics News Weekly podcast, here hosting the Spinner Rack, and here in whatever capacity they let me, because sometimes they make me sit outside and wait. And that's okay because it means I was misbehaving and that's not something I'm supposed to do and I need to learn. Um, but otherwise, should you decide to try and find me any other ways, well, oh, come on, you bat sleuth, show me how good you are. <laughs> and then when you do say, ha ha, I found you and I'll go, ha ha, now I have to run. No, really, um, <laughs> however you choose to, it's going to be fun. I mean, that's part of the mystery and adventure, right? Like That's why we love the Riddler and that's why we love our Batman. So. Go ahead, put on your favorite cow, hunt me down, and, uh, you know, you're welcome. Josh, how about you, buddy? You can find me on Twitter at JP Rayner. That's J-P-R-A-Y-N-O-R, as well as uh, at Movie Blog Merc. That is the Twitter page for my site, Merc with a Movie Blog. 
You can also find me on Off the Ropes uh, with my brother John talking wrestling at Off the Ropes JJ. And if you like How I Met Your Mother, check me out on Last Call at McLaren's, our How I Met Your Mother podcast at Last Call, H-I-M-Y-M. And of course, follow us right here, DC Comics News, at DC Comics News on all of our social media platforms. Check out our website, dccomicsnews.com, for all the reviews and news about DC. And be sure to check out all of our various podcasts that we have here. And join us next week for another episode of DC Comics News Podcast. We'll be back with episode number 147. And I hope you guys uh, are here and enjoying everything. And before we leave, I'd like to leave everybody with one simple request. And that is to read more comics. All right. Catch you guys next time. Boom shakalaka.